SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome, hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza on this Sunday morning. Here's truly Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking it right up until 10 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do. Uh, Sunday mornings, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7, right here on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204, your local affiliate all around the nation. Again, on this uh, Sunday, February 28th, 844-843-6879, the toll-free telephone number, 844-843-6879. Send a tweet at OppositePix, email me, go to the website, OppositePix.com, hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. We'll do some emails, some tweets, some phone calls, uh, maybe a little YouTube chat. I haven't checked it on YouTube yet this morning. I'll do that here, uh, hour number two. We got our poll question up. Which NFL old geezer uh, is more likely to be playing next year? Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson, and maybe Drew Brees. Uh, some video yesterday uh, posted on one of the sites that we like to check out of Brees working out, and not just working out to stay in shape like I need to do, but working out to like maybe play some football next year. I've long said I don't think he's retiring. I, I just uh, I think he's too good. I, I think the team is too good. I think they're too close, and I think – uh, you know, what Tom Brady's been able to do is got to inspire some of these older guys that, you know what, he could do it, I could do it as well. So I think Breeze is coming back. But we'll go over some of the – I got 13 guys that, you know, are on the cusp of retiring for different reasons, and we'll debate on whether they're going to actually play or not. And maybe FanDuel will actually post some odds on some of this stuff. Who knows? So we'll get into that. We'll check out the NBA, NHL, college basketball, stuff what happened yesterday and what we think is going to happen a little bit later on uh, this afternoon and slash. Uh, slash later on tonight. So a lot to get to over this last hour. Maybe some phone calls as well. 844-843-6879. We'll start with uh, college football, believe it or not, as yes, we do have one double-A slash FCS games. And how about my Southern Illinois Salukis? Yeah, this prompts the Dookie Pukies losing. This prompts uh, the Nets losing, having their long win streak snapped. Uh, This upstages anything you come up with in the NHL. Yep. Southern Illinois stops North Dakota State's 39-game win streak, beating up the Bison. How about that, Dakota fans? Uh, 38-14. to Cha-ching, cha-ching. It's back to the glory days. I don't know if it's their greatest. In fact, I know it's not their greatest day in college football. They actually won a, a 1AA championship back in 84, I want to say. Uh, but, you know, they almost hit the daily double. So they knock off North Dakota State as uh, underdogs, uh, and you can bet on this stuff on FanDuel, as me and Joe Lisi talk about every Sunday from uh, 2 to 4 with in-game live. So they not only beat uh, North Dakota State in college football, but in college basketball last night, uh, the Salukis playing nationally ranked Illinois-Chicago, nearly beat them Friday night. Last night they got a chance. It's a tie game, eight seconds left, kids at the free throw line, you hit the free throw, and uh, you, maybe you win the game. He missed. Game goes to overtime, and they lose in overtime. Oh, 
you talk about you know you got to go black to, you got to go back to the uh, the Walt Frazier uh, Southern Illinois Saluki days you know Bruce Weber a little bit more recently than that otherwise it's been pretty dark for Southern Illinois basketball it really has they had a chance to complete the daily double yesterday boy you know as a, uh, a fellow Saluki this which is why I'm bringing this all up oh by the way bury the lead there you know think about it school. You know, we're not college football. Well, you know, college football has, you know, does get played during college basketball uh, because of the overlap in, in December. But you think about a daily double that could have been. You stopped the nation's longest college football win streak since 1957, a streak that has only been matched twice before back in the 1908-1914 Washington days to Oklahoma with Bud Wilkerson from 57 to 53 to 57. That that's when you got to go back to the longest 39-game win streak, right? So your football program stops that and then your basketball team could have beaten a nationally ranked team. Oh, that would have been something. That would have given us some publicity for our dopey little school. Uh, and I shouldn't say that. I love college. I, I, I'll never, to this day, I'll never understand. Uh, you know, I know they're talking about Cade Cunningham for Oklahoma State, you know, leaving school after one year. Scott Wetzel sitting and taking you right up until uh, – uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time as we welcome in our full audience here as we gain uh, some people at the six after the hour. Um, you talk about, you know, him going after one year. I'll, you know, maybe after three, okay. Maybe even after two, okay. I love college and I was a nobody. So this kid has got to be a celebrity beyond belief, right? Why would anybody want to leave that? Why would anyone just, you know, I know it's the NBA and I know it's the lore of the NBA and I know it's the money. But, man, listen, they're getting paid under the table. You and I, the whole world knows that. So it can't really be about the money. The money's going to be there. You could take out insurance. If you think, well, what if he blows out his name? You could take insurance out. It's not that expensive. It really isn't. Uh, you know, you could guarantee yourself $10, $15, 20000000 million, and you can get that. You you can. So it's not even the money. Why wouldn't you want to stay in college? Well, I love college. I, I really did. So. But uh, that was the big thing out of the college world. Uh, as far as the other league, you know, the Dookie Pukies really lost twice last night. They lose to Louisville in overtime. Game goes over. Cha-ching, cha-ching. One of our rare winners yesterday in college basketball. Had a tough day in college hoops with our uh, uh, my clientele. Uh, but not only did the Dookie Pukies lose to Louisville, Bellarmine also lost. And I know what you're saying. Bellarmine. What does that have to do with anything, Scott? Bellarmine. Well, Duke beat Bellarmine. And as it turned out, Bellarmine is actually pretty good. They were in a position to win the Atlantic Sun Championship. So had they beaten Liberty, they would have. But Liberty won yesterday. So now one little chip, small chip, for Duke to say they beat the Atlantic Sun Championship, they can't say it anymore. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You know, uh, it's a lot for us. We're a hard-working group. You know, our coaches are hard-working. We, we want to win. We want to win. That's what we're here for. And, you know, it definitely, it definitely feels great. You know, just... I said I, I've been a winner all my life, so you know this this this, this feels good. No, because it, it's a long season, and that's what we have to understand. And every game is equally important. So one game doesn't take on more meaning than another. They all count the same, and wherever you end up, 
that could be the difference between a lot of things. So we have to understand how important each day is. We have to understand how important each practice is. We have to understand how important each possession is. And so if we want to fight for the things that we say we want to fight, uh, fight for, well, there's a price to play, pay for that, and we have to do that. Knickerbockers, how about that? People in New York going bonkers as the Knicks have reached the 500 mark. They haven't won the first number one seed. They haven't clinched home court advantage. They haven't clinched the playoff spot. Far from it. <clears throat> All they did was get to the 500 mark at 17 and 17, and uh, they are celebrating like uh, never before. First up was R.J. Barrett, a winner. Although, funny, I didn't see R.J. lifting any championships in college. Uh, and then uh, Thibodeau, head coach, uh, Tom Thibodeau, and then uh, the Knicks fans just uh, yelling and screaming a little bit outside of Madison Square Garden last night. Yep, uh, they win. They beat the Pacers 110-107. to How about that? Julius Randle, 28 points. Not a bad team. You know, when you consider the the bust that they've had draft choice-wise, it really is amazing. It, you know, I hate to say it. I hate to break the Knicks' bubble here, but, you know, that's what we're all about. It's really a product of them wanting to live in purgatory and the Eastern Conference being as bad as it is. That That's, you know, hate to break it to you, Knicks, but uh, Kevin Knox, one of your recent number one draft choices, two minutes last night. Abby Topin, uh, last year's number one draft choice, six minutes last night. Frank Nidalekina, number one draft choice three years ago, 11 minutes last night. Their last three number one picks scored last night and, and maybe the most important victory of the season because it got them to the 500 mark, 14 points. 14 lousy points in a combined... 18, 19 lousy minutes. And that's what I mean by I hate to break your bubble here. You won with, you know, a young Julius Randle, okay. Uh, and R.J. Barrett, okay. But you you won with Derrick Rose. Uh, you won with uh, Randy Bullock. You, or Reggie Bullock, rather. Not even Randy. Reggie. Uh, this guy was drafted in 2013. You know, he, he's a nobody, sadly. Um you won with uh, Nerland's Noel, <laughs> you know, uh, another 2013 bust. You know, you're winning with guys that are K or are, are okay, but you're not winning a championship with Derrick Rose as your point guard. Okay, not happening anymore. There was a point in time where maybe you could have pointed to that, but not not happening. All right, you're not winning a championship with Nerland's Noel as your center. All right, not happening. You're not winning a championship with uh, Reggie Bullock as your shooting forward. Not happening. Now, can you get to the postseason with those guys in the Eastern Conference? Yeah. But are you winning a championship with those guys? No. Are you developing players where you could point to, okay, maybe not this year, but maybe next year, you know, two years down the line? No. That's what I mean by, you know, you live in purgatory here. Yep, you're no longer uh, one of the dredges of the uh, Eastern Conference. You're no longer vying for, you know, um, you know a high draft choice. Lottery pick. You get yourself into the playoffs, more than likely. Maybe. 
The Eastern Conference is so weird. You know, you lose two games in a row and you're, you know, you're out of it. But you're, you're not, you know, I would be much more excited, Nick fans, if Nidalekina, Knox, Toppin were in the lineup and they were playing 25, 30 minutes a game and I was 17 and 17. Then I'd be like, okay, you know what? Now we got something. These guys are only going to get better. This team's only going to get better. Then I'd be excited. But getting excited because you're winning with Reggie Bullock, Nerlens Noel, and Derek Rose in your starting lineup. Eh, you know what? It's false promise is what it is. But that said, far be it for me to piss on anyone's parade. 110-107, Knicks win. And uh, I don't know what the line was at halftime. Because they've been on a great halftime run where they have covered the spread. I think it's 10 or 11 games in a row, 21 and 9 and change on the season, halftime. Now, they were a slight favorite last night, not by a lot, pick them one point. And they were down nine, they were up two at the half. So they probably covered again at halftime. They're on a they're on a real good halftime run. Uh, you know, uh, make that now. I think it's eleven in a row that they've covered halftime. You know, if they went uh, the game fi- finished as pick'em, they were a one point favorite, so they were probably about a one point favorite as well. They wouldn't have been a two point favorite at the half if they were only a one point favorite for the game. So they 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 were leading by two at the half. They covered again. Well, I tell you that that's an underrated. I don't really follow that stuff that much halftime lines. You know, someone tweeted that out, and one of our LL's loyal listeners in the morning, Monday through Friday, uh, made a point of that earlier in the week, and they've now covered two in a row since then. You know, it's it's a goofy. You know, I, I got to find reasons for trends to give uh, validity for me. I, I don't know what the reason would be for the Knicks to play so well first half, but uh, you know, it's either ten or eleven in a row that they've covered at the half. And they did it again last night. So all-around nice effort by the New York Knicks. How about that? All right, our trend plays for today in the NBA. And we've been following these uh, NBA trends. And basically, it's been about 500, quite frankly. As we pointed out, 3-3 three and three last night, 16-18 and 18 on the season. So trend plays for today. Oh, I didn't write them down. My bad. You know what? Uh, here are our prop plays for today. I'll do the trends when we come back from the from the break. Um, our prop plays, you got, uh, what do you get? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We got nine games today. So full slate of action. We take the top players from the top teams and we play their overs or unders. We're looking at the over. My initial thought was that the unders would be coming in and it's been pretty much even, but believe it or not, 10 and 12 uh, or nine and eight uh, last night, nine overs, eight unders bringing our weekly total to 55 overs and 57 unders. And it's it's been dead on. There's been 13 more overs in the two weeks that we've started following this heading into today. So 11 games over 500, not bad. But you play over Kwai, Paul George, Greek Freak, Middleton in the Clipper-Milwaukee game. You play over Levine, Van Vliet, and uh, Lowry in the Toronto game. And Lowry's numbers have been low. Uh, you know, he, he missed about a week or so of basketball. And they posted his numbers right around 16, 16 and a half these last two games that he's been back. And he's eclipsed that rather easily. He's hit 20 plus. So hopefully they'll do the same again today. I'd, I'd keep on playing him because he's their main guy. Van Fleet has stepped up in his absence, but he's still their main guy. So you're getting a bargain with his overs. Uh, Washington, Boston, Beal, Westbrook, Walker, Jalen Brown, Tatum. We're going to play all five. Randall in the Knicks-Pistons uh, game. 
Uh, Trey Young, Jimmy Butler in the Atlanta-Miami game, battle of uh, Passovers in the NBA uh, All-Star break uh, situation. Memphis and Houston, you got John Morant and John Wall. You got Curry and LeBron James, Golden State and the Lakers later on tonight. You got Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Cat from Phoenix and Minnesota. And then in the uh, Charlotte-Sacramento game, you got uh, Gordon Hayward for the uh, Bobcat Hornets. And then you got the Aaron Fox for the uh, Queens. So you got a number. You know, you don't want to play them all. I fully understand. But just for our purposes, keeping track, uh, we will monitor all those guys and then let you know on Monday how that all turned out. But it's it's... Like I said, it was 13 games over 500 heading into this week, and we're two games under, so not quite what I thought. I thought it would be the other way around. I thought there'd be more unders, to tell you the truth, than over, but that's not the case. I will take a break, then we'll come back, and I'll give you the trend plays in the NBA, and then we'll look at the NHL, and we got our uh, NFL stuff to get to as well. We'll update the poll question, which NFL player do you think will be playing next year with a bunch of veterans? Well, that's coming up. Opposite Picks Sports SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I, I don't think anybody, I mean, there's two teams below us right now. I mean, there's, there's very few teams, if any, in history who have struggled this much defensively. So clearly, no. I mean, um, I'm not used to this, but I mean, you know, we're just not getting the job done defensively. And like I've said many times, it's on all of us. I mean, I, I feel a, a huge burden right now, and um, it really weighs on me that I'm not getting us to play better defense, that I'm not finding answers rather either in – who we're playing or how we're playing or anything else or how we're teaching. Um, but our defense is just, it's not acceptable and it's not going to win games for us. So it's that simple. We either change it or we're going to have a lot of nights like this. I hate to break it to you there, Stan. Uh, Stan Van Gundy, head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. But uh, welcome to uh, NBA Basketball 2021. Uh, I, I, I understand him. You're preaching to the choir. But his team has not played good defensive basketball all season. 117 points last night. Gave up in a 117-114 uh, uh, loss to San Antonio. He's given up. 117 points, 129 points, 118 points, 115 points, albeit in overtime, uh, 132, 126, 113, 123, 143, 129, 130. I mean, they've given up, God forbid, right, less than 100 points at ever, ever, this, or ever, I mean, this season, uh, twice. First uh, two out of the first three games. They beat Toronto to start the season 113-99, no less. Uh, they beat San Antonio two games later, 98-95. And that's been it. Every single game since then, not only has it been over 100, I think it's been over 110, to tell you the truth. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, 111... I know they had an 80. You know, uh, OKC laid an egg. They, they beat OKC 113 to 80. So there's another one. There's three. Three times. Yeah, 
three times all season they've given up less than 100 points. I mean, that, that that's – you're right. You're not going to win, you know. And it's one thing to be the Brooklyn Nets and do that, but at least you're winning your games. It's another thing to be the 14-19 and 19 New Orleans Pelicans. And I had to also break it to uh, Stan, but, uh, you know, you were hired to win, obviously. But you weren't hired to win with the Cleveland Cadavers – uh, or the Houston Rockets, who are tearing things apart. You were hired to win with a team that, you know, was supposed to be a win-now club with with Brandon Ingram and uh, Zion and Ball, and you're not winning. You know, again, it's one thing to lose with Cleveland and Houston, you know, a cast of characters that nobody wants outside of a couple of players. But when you have supposedly a win-now, let's see what you got team, and you fired the head coach because he wasn't getting it done, and they bring you in – and you're not getting it done, that spells trouble for that franchise. There's something wrong with that franchise, you know? I, I told you about the Knicks, you know, somehow or another the Knicks can be 17-17 and 17 with, the, with that group, and yet the Pelicans can be five games under with their group, albeit in a Western Conference. I get that. That plays a role in it, but you know, you're right. You're not going to win. What, what are you going to do? I don't, do you bench these guys? Um, do, you, do you threaten their jobs? Do you threaten their minutes? Uh, do you have players that can play defense? I mean, their, their defense is horrible. I mean, they're averaging, they're, they're giving up 110 points a game. You know, again, you like to say you're going to never win that way, but, you know, the Nets are proving you otherwise, and so are other a bunch of other teams. But, you know, you, you, you're you fighting an uphill battle. You are fighting an uphill battle, that is for sure. I mean, good luck on that. So uh, here are trend NBA plays for today. we got a bunch of them. This line is very peculiar. Now, Washington beat Boston in their little streak here, in which they've won seven of eight, but they also beat Denver and then beat Denver again a few days later. So you can't even kind of point to a rivalry type of thing or revenge type of thing, really. Uh, but I'll grab Washington, you know, trend-wise. Whether you like it or not, you know, that that's – but here are the trends. Uh, six plays. Washington plus six and a half at Boston. Uh, Washington six and one straight up. Check that seven and one straight up and against the spread. And we know the Celtics are struggling. Under two twelve Knicks in Detroit. Knicks are a uh, nice uh, nineteen and eleven under. And I told you about the uh, you know the the first half total twenty one nine and one first half line. So grab them on the on the, the first half play as well. Uh, we're gonna go over Atlanta Miami. Uh, FanDuel doesn't have a line on that one posted this morning for some reason, so they might be concerned about a few of the guys playing, so hold off on that. But either way, go over. Hawks on a nice 9-1-1 one, one over streak. Going to go Memphis laying two at Houston. <clears throat> Got it. You know, it's, it's tough to lay uh, you know money on, on uh, Memphis right now, but you know what? Rockets are 0-10 straight up, 1-9 against the spread their last 10 games. 0-10. You can now grab a team, any team. I don't care if it's Topeka High. You know, I can grab that team, basically pick them against a team that's lost 10 in a row. I'll take it any day of the week. Grab me Memphis uh, minus two. Uh, Phoenix, big number, 10.5 at Minnesota, but Suns have the second best against the spread record in the NBA, uh, 19 and 10 and 2. 21 and, two, uh, 21 and 11 straight up, and uh, 19, 10, and 3 actually against the spread. So keep playing Phoenix is all they do. Now, the Lions have adjusted with them. And they've made them road favorites a number of times, but they continue to win. Well, they, they shut down the door on Chicago Friday night. They were losing that game in the fourth quarter, and, boy, they just blitzed the Bulls in the fourth quarter. They did the same thing to the Pelicans two Fridays ago. 
Ten and a half, like I said, a big number on the road. Trend-wise, though, and that's what this is all about, you got to play them. And then over Charlotte uh, versus Sacramento. Let me see. I uh, didn't write down the number on that one. Uh, let's see what the FanDuel has. Charlotte, Sacramento, 238. So we punch that in, 238. Uh, over Again, that's a monster number. That's one, 118, 116, and, and it doesn't go over. Boy, it's crazy how high these numbers are. But trend-wise, Sacramento, 19-10 and 10 over on the season, and Charlotte is 15-5 and five last 20 over. So that's why it's 238. If, if you're saying, boy, why is, uh, you know, uh, why is that 238 for Charlotte and Sacramento? That's why. You know, all you have to do is point to a trend to find out why the number is what it is. So on the season, like I said, since we, well, this week is 16 and 18 trend wise. And since we've been following it, uh, the, the numbers are right around 500. So there's been, and that's kind of the point of why I do this. Some people ask, you know, why do you do this guy? Just to kind of show how things, you know, you think you got an angle, but in reality, you know, all these great trends, wow, you know, how could you bet it under when it's all over? How could you bet it over when it's all under? It, it, when everything is said and done, it's all right around 500, you know, give or take a couple of games. So you, it's almost like not even, you don't even need to know the trends. You really don't. Uh, follow. We also follow here on the morning show. Just the overall straight up and against the spread numbers of NBA and NHL clubs. Last night, uh, there was one game that was pick'em, the Knicks-Indiana, uh, uh, since that ended up as a pick'em. Uh, but otherwise, the favorites went 3-3 three and three straight up and against the spread. Over-unders 4-3. and three. So for the week, favorites this week went 29 winners, 15 losers, 26 covers, 18 losers. So 26-18 and 18 against the spread. That, by the way, brings a two-week total. This really is amazing to me because this is not the norm. It is, especially in the NBA, where you do get a lot of favorites that win but don't cover. But over the last two weeks, there's only been four favorites now that have won their games and not covered. One last week and three this week. I thought that would change this week, and it really hasn't. So what does that tell you? Tells you you should forget about the point spread and just play the, the underdogs on the money line. That's what it should tell you. You're losing money by betting them plus the points because you only have three more winners this week, four over the last two weeks. And we're talking about, you know, that that's basically 100 games over two weeks. Uh, now, the favorite didn't win all those 100 games, mind you, but that's the point. You know, the when the favorites lost – they lost. So you might as well grab that two, three, four, five, six point underdog on the money line because you're more than making up for those four, you know, money line losses that would have been against the spread wins. Because some of these, you know, you're getting, you know, plus two, plus three, some cases plus four to one. You, you'll make it up in just one or two plays. Now, how long will that continue? I'll follow it. You know, we've got nothing else to do here in the morning show. So we'll we'll follow it. But you're better off just betting them on the money line. Four games. Four games in two weeks that you would have lost had you bet them on the money line versus against the spread. That's really pretty amazing. Over-unders this week, four and three yesterday, bringing our total to 22, 24, and one this week. Again, pretty much dead even. Uh, Last week, and and after we've been following this for three weeks now. It was 32, 
<clears throat> and uh, 26 last week. Forgot to follow it week number one, my bad. So over the uh, two-week period we've been following this, we are uh, four games more overs than unders. Pretty much dead on. Pretty much dead on. So there you go. All right, NHL. Same type of thing. We, you know, we get a bunch of trends, and we got a bunch of plays uh, that we'll do, uh, and we'll give you a recap of what happened yesterday as well. Uh, we got uh, four or five games in action for tonight for our uh, plays. And then we got our NFL, you know, who's in, who's out for this upcoming season. That's next right here. Office of Picks on Sports Grid Radio on a Sunday morning. Sirius XM Channel 2. Oh. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Do you know? I know I'm about to play some golf. It's <laughs> okay. a great cause. So that's what okay. I do know. But when I, when I do, I'll, I'll let you know, Brad. Okay. Yeah. All right, that was Larry Fitzgerald yesterday before his uh, charity golf outing. He was asked if he couldn't uh, listen uh, or hear that too well. Uh, you know, it was off mic, but... Um, he was asked about you know whether he plans on playing next year, and you heard what he said. I think I'm, uh, I'm about to play some golf. Uh, well, what about next year? Do you know? Well, I'm about to play some golf. Uh, Saints quarterback Drew Brees uh, supposedly going to retire, right? Well, there's video of him yesterday, you know, pushing this monstrosity around uh, his block. <laughs> Literally, you know, he went down this long road about 100 yards and then came back uphill, no less, uh, pushing basically one of those sleds in football, uh, one of those things. Uh, you know, which I'm guessing was a good couple hundred pounds. So not not something you normally expect out of a guy that's not planning on playing football. So it did, uh, you know, bring up the notion. All right, it was a pretty good, uh, you know, idea for Fanduel. Every week we like to give one betting tip for Fanduel that they should have out there. Right? Last week it was they should have whether a team will make the NCAA tournament or not. I, th- I think if they put those odds up there for certain teams, that'd be a lot of fun to bet on. Uh, two would be, do you think this player will play or not? They could probably, you know, get themselves – as long as you put a limit on, on these bets, you don't have to worry about getting whacked if someone happens to be friends with, uh, you know, Drew Brees and he knows for a matter of fact Brees is coming back. I mean, as long as you put limits on – listen, if you could put a bet on what uh, that will be heads or tails for a coin toss or how long the national anthem will go, you could bet on whether a player is going to come back or not, right? So you got Drew Brees – you know, giving some thought anyway, I think, of playing again. You got Larry Fitzgerald clearly giving some thought on whether he's going to play again. So on a scale of 1 to 10, I listed 13 guys that, you know, very easily could announce their retirement and it wouldn't be a blink of an eye for the NFL. And again, think about when everything is said and done, what kind of uh, Hall of Fame class, because these guys would be uh, first ballot Hall of Famers. All right, first up, 43-year-old Tom Brady. He's playing. Obviously, right? I mean, you know, could he spend some time with his family and stuff and think, wow, you know, start fantasizing and dreaming about it can't get better than this. It really can't. I leave New England. You know, we had this uh, public battle on whether I got pushed out or whether I jumped and me and his Belichick and the Patriots were god awful this past year. 
I win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's it really, when you start thinking about it, it, it can't get better than that. Patriots were lousy, and he did the best he could do. So, you know, maybe he has this little dream of, you know what, going out on top. Now, that all said, he's playing. I, I'm, I'm going to give him a 10. Uh, one guy's got the 10, uh, and it's Tom Brady. How about the 39, uh, 38-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick? Still a member of the Miami Dolphins, oh, by the way. You know, I know his name has been bounced around as far as he can go here, he can go there. He's He's got a contract with the Dolphins, and I don't know why the Dolphins would release him. I think he's the perfect fit for Miami. So, except for salary cap purposes, and he's not making that much. And it's certainly Tua, the presumable starter, was not making anything. I, I don't know why Fitzpatrick would, uh, you know, why the Dolphins would get rid of him, one, He's a good soldier. He's perfect. Players like him. He seems at least content for now on being the somewhat of a backup. Uh, I give him a nine, and he showed he could still play. He's not great, but he showed he's still right. Fitzpatrick, good terms. So he's not retiring even at 38. How about 39-year-old Ben Roethlisberger? Listen, I've got to give him an eight because I do believe he wants to come back. However... You know, if it got to a point, you know, they're all saying the right thing. And that's all fine and dandy. I'd rather have that than I would the Deshaun Watson situation or, uh, you know, uh, the Russell Westbrook or, or the Russell the uh, Russell Wilson situation in Seattle. But at least Ben is saying, yep, I'm willing to negotiate my contract, this, that, what have you. But it's one thing to say all that. It's another thing to actually do it. You know, and he's got a monster $41 million cap hit. They got a $27 million cap hit if they cut him. They got to get that thing reduced. But that means extending him. And is Roethlisberger going to agree to an extension even though Pittsburgh doesn't want to add any more money onto it? Not guaranteed money, I don't think. You know, so could it come to a point where Big Ben says, that's it, I'm done then? Could. I don't think it will. But it's a possibility. But I'm going to give him an eight. Larry Fitzgerald, the aforementioned. He'll be 38 in August. You know, he only had one touchdown reception last year. Boy, I, you know, I saw a lot of Arizona games. I, th- I thought I saw him catch two, three, or four. But, you know, if you go to pro football, um, you know, it, it's only he only had one, 54 receptions last year. Uh, that's not horrible by any stretch, 54. But I would have thought he had a little bit more production than that. Uh, he is, he's obviously slowing down at 38. Uh, the year before, he had uh, 75 receptions, four touchdowns. So he's had five touchdown receptions the last two years, uh, and even six before that. So we heard him say he's not telling. I think he does play. 54 and 1, you know, maybe he's a slot receiver. Uh, maybe he gets even less playing time. I, I think there'll be one year where it'll bottom out for him. You know, he's like Jerry Rice, but he's going to stay on forever. And I, I think it's, I, he's not going to, I don't think he would play for another team without really knowing. Uh, unlike Fitz, uh, unlike uh, Jerry Rice, who did bounce around there a little bit toward the end of his career. I think as long as the Cardinals say yes, and I think they will, he'll play one more year. So I give him an eight. Le'Veon Bell, he's on the list. He's only 29, but 29 for a running back is like 33 for a wide receiver. I'm going to give him an 8, but think about how little he has played over the last several years and how productive. 
sat out 2018 with the Pittsburgh Steelers in that contract dispute. Less than 800 yards in 2019, his first year with the Jets. Barely 300 last year with the Jets and Kansas City Chefs, who are back to being the Chefs since they lost the Super Bowl. So, you know, he hasn't done a whole heck of a lot. You got to go back four years behind before Le'Veon Bell was Le'Veon Bell. I don't think he's going to retire, but I also think the better days of Le'Veon Bell are, are gone. And, you know, when he leaves Kansas City, is anyone going to give him a job for, for big-time bucks? No. Knowing his, you know, listen, money is a lot to him, and, and uh, say what you want, but he did sit out. He passed up, uh, you know, some $10, 12000000 million. And if someone's going to give him a million bucks, unlike with, uh, you know, a couple of the other running backs who are hanging on that we'll get to here in a second, I could see Bell just saying no. You know, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I'm not, you know, I'm not playing for a million dollars. Think about this. If he wouldn't play for $10, 12000000 million, I forget what the exact amount was in Pittsburgh. If he wouldn't play for that in his prime, is he going to play for a million dollars, maybe $2 million when he's 29, three years later, four years later? I could see, you know, I'm going to lower that to a seven. I said eight, but you know, I'm going to lower to a seven. I think there's a chance we not we may not see Le'Veon Bell again. How about 36-year-old Joe Flacco? No one's kind of talking about him. Backup quarterback with the Jets. Got a couple of starts. I say seven. I I, I think he's I can see because we have seen him on the sidelines holding a clipboard. So I think there'll be a team out there that would want to have him on as, as a veteran. You know, that that Jets team was so, so bad. It's hard to criticize Flacco for a Jets team that was just putrid. He may have been part of the problem, but he certainly wasn't the only problem. So I I could see a team bringing him in to be a backup quarterback. And like I said, uh, he's shown with the Jets he is willing to hold the clipboard. So we'll say a seven. But I could see a 36 being done. 35-year-old Julian Edelman. I'm going to say seven. Played only six games last year, suffered a knee injury. Has yet to be, uh, you know, gotten the okay from doctors, so he's not fully recovered. Had only 21 receptions. He's got a cap hit of uh, more than $6 million, so I doubt very much that the Patriots would have him on their roster with with those numbers. Although, not that that's a lot, a lot, but, um, you know, he sees the team. It's awful, uh, depending on what they do with their quarterback situation. He might say enough is enough at 35 you know, despite all that talk a couple of years ago of him being a Hall of Famer, he's not a Hall of Famer, not even close to it. Nothing he could do at this point would put him in the Hall of Fame. So <clears throat> I'll say seven. He'll probably be back. Alex Smith. He'll be 37 in May. No one's giving him a starting job. They aren't. My question is, did Alex Smith do all that work to hold a clipboard? I don't think so. I think he's done. I really do. You know, you may hold uh, a clipboard your first year. You may do all that work to get back in the league to show the world I'm back and I've overcome this injury. But once you do that, and then once you play a little bit like he did, now to go back to holding a clipboard, I could see Smith saying, well, you know, I didn't bust my butt for two years and deal with all I dealt with just to stand here behind some lousy quarterback or, or be a backup. Even, even you know, down in Florida, even for, for Urban Meyer, people think you might reunite with Urban Meyer since they played uh, college at, at uh, Utah with Urban. Um, I don't think so. 
I, I think for Smith, he either is going to get the starting job with Washington or somewhere else, or he's done. And I don't think he's going to play again. 42-year-old Drew Brees. I've said all along I think he's going to play. You know, 24 touchdown passes last year. Not playing the whole season. Missing a couple of games. 27 the year before that. Not playing the whole season. The guy could still play. He might not be winning a Super Bowl in your eyes, but he's better than Taysom Hill, and he's a hell of a lot better than, than Jameis Winston. He's, he's a heck of a lot better than what the, the Saints have to offer right now. I, I, I'm going to give him a seven. I think he's playing. I do. Cam Newton. He'll be 32 in May. Not old, but is he willing to hold a clipboard? Same thing as Alex Smith. I don't think so. I, I give him a six on a scale of one to ten of him playing next year. Nobody but nobody is handing a starting job to Cam Newton after what we saw this past season. He was horrible. Say what you want about the Patriots offense. I get all that, but he was brutal. I don't think he's playing next year. If FanDuel put up some odds on him playing, I'd be all over the no as a little hunch. Adrian Peterson, going to be 36 in May. I think he's done. I'm going to give him a five. Ran for 1,000 yards three seasons ago. Pretty good. Ran for 900 two seasons ago. Pretty good. Ran for 600-plus last year. You know, halfway decent. But he's been bouncing around the league now for two, three years, and you just wonder if he's got any more bounce left in his step. Is there going to be another team? See, there comes a certain amount of responsibility when you bring a veteran on like him. One, he wants to play. He's, he's mentioned that several times. Talked his way out of New Orleans because he wasn't playing. Talked his way out of Washington because he wasn't going to play. Uh, Detroit doesn't want him anymore. You know, you got to pay him a minimum salary for a veteran, which is a lot different than a minimum salary for a rookie. So his production has to be better than what a rookie would do. And I don't think it will be. I think he's done. Frank Gore, same thing. Ran for uh, 650 yards last year. Not bad with the Jets, but he's going to be 38 in May. I, I, I same, same as Peterson. Uh, I don't doubt he probably could still play a little bit, but is it worth paying a million, two million dollars more than what you'd have to pay a rookie running back in today's day and age with the salary cap? No. And then uh, LaShawn McCoy is going to be 33 in uh, July. He's kind of fallen off the map completely. Thousand yards rushing the last three years combined. I think LaShawn, who's on the Bucks roster this past year, I think he's done as well. We'll wrap up shop next. Got Wetzel. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Check out our poll question uh, pertaining to what we were just uh, yapping about there. What NFL old geezer is more likely to be on a roster next season? Larry Fitzgerald leading the way. We got uh, 37% of the vote just under. We got Adrian Peterson getting uh, 30% of the vote just under, actually. You got uh, Frank Gore, 20% of the vote, and uh, Drew Brees at 13% of the vote. 
So uh, Fitzgerald one, Peterson two, Gore three, Breeze four. Get your vote in. That'll be uh, updated. Uh, oh, that'll be there all uh, morning long and all afternoon long. We'll update that tomorrow morning during our uh, morning show. I, I you know, I, while I don't doubt uh, Fitzgerald will be there, I have my doubts about uh, Peterson and Gore. I think both want to. It's funny. I think Peterson and Gore want to, but there might not be a market for them. Whereas Fitzgerald and Breeze, I do believe it's really up to them. There's no doubt about it. New Orleans would take Drew Breeze back in a heartbeat, even if it meant limited playing time. Uh, and same thing with Larry Fitzgerald. I really think that if Fitzgerald uh, ends up saying, yeah, I want to play, I, I think Arizona would say, okay, we'll, we'll bring you back. That would be tough for them to say no. Uh, they might, you know, behind closed doors say, you know, Larry, we don't have to cut you here, you know, and you don't want to play for someone else, so we'll just make it a retirement type of thing. But I think if he wants to, he's in. If Breeze wants to, he's in. It's uh, not the case with Gore and Peterson. I think they definitely want to. It's just a matter of, like I said, a rookie makes, you know, less than nothing as a running back, but a rookie vet or a, but a veteran, uh, their minimum it goes up, it goes up by position, and you know, so that veteran's production has to be that much more than the rookie's production. Otherwise, like, why would I spend another million and a half dollars uh, on a veteran when I can get the same production, you know, with any rookie coming out of college and pay him, you know, $300,000 versus paying you $1.2 million? That's the problem with that. So. All right, good job by all the phone calls. And, oh, by the way, our boy is back in action today. That's right, Brian Rust, our shots on gold king, did it again last night. Pittsburgh plays the Islanders again this evening, 5 o'clock Eastern time. Keep playing Rust Overs. Shots on goal. The best bet on the board today. We'll talk to you later on.